Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Father, we thank you. We thank you for being in this place, God. We thank you for ushering us into your presence, God, because it is only in you that we live, move, and have our being. So, God, meet us here again. Meet us here again. This is Bethel. This is the place that we worship. This is the place that we come to hear a word from you. This is the place that we come expecting to receive something from you, God. You have the words of life. You are the bread of life. You are the source of our strength, of our salvation, of my life. God, you hold my world in your hands. So, Father, I open up my heart to you. I open up my spirit to you. I open up my mind to you so you can drop in the wisdom of God, the wisdom that is needed for me to live, the wisdom that is needed for me to move and do what it is that you've called and commissioned for me to do. So God, use us tonight to expound on the word. Use us tonight to go deep into the word. Use us tonight and let our minds be awakened to the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So that we can truly, truly live as kingdom citizens and walk in the spirit and not fulfill the desires of the flesh. It is my prayer. Father, use me for your glory. I decrease so that you can increase. I am nothing but a voice. I am nothing but a, 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 a vessel that you are using. God, you get all the glory. You get all the praise, God. You get all the glory. You get all the praise, God. I have no glory. For as the scripture says, my glory is nothing but the flowers of the field. It fades away. But God, you stand forever. You remain forever, God. So you get all the glory. Meet us here. Have your way. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Before you take your seats, I want you to grab your Bible and turn with me to uh, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We'll read several verses of scripture. John 1. Uh, one through three, we'll be reading from the New King James Version, and we are continuing our mini-series, Stand Forever. We are continuing our mini-series, Stand Forever. John chapter one, verse one through three, verses one through three. Ready? Let's read. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Well, I'll give you one more. Verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. (laughs) One more. And the light shines in the darkness And the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness did not comprehend it. You may have your seats. We are continuing in our mini-series, Stands Forever, which derives from Isaiah chapter 40. The grass withers, the flower fades, but it is the word of our Lord, the word of our God that stands forever. Now, today is going to be slightly nerdy. Video team was hitting me up like, man, we need your notes. I was like, I just got to give y'all scriptures because it's a lot, all right? But we're going to go through this. Uh, bear with me and, and, and put, put your school hat on. Y'all saw as y'all drove through, it's school season. It's school time. We're, we're back to school. Class is in session today. 
I'm friends with a few professors and they were talking about their first day of school. So let's dig into the word. Let's be biblical scholars tonight. Let's eat this book. Let's eat this word so it can get on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. So uh, John, 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 he has his own account of the gospel. Now, the gospel of John is the fourth section of what some call the fourfold gospel, the fourfold gospel with four voices giving several different perspectives on the life of Jesus. Christian writers as early as uh, AD 185 through 254 understood that there are only, that there are not only four gospels, but there is a one fourfold gospel. Let me say that again. We understand that there are not really only four gospels, but there is one fourfold gospel. Okay? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they have their own perspective of what gospel took place, but their perspectives as one talk about one Jesus. Amen? Okay. So I'll give you some, some biblical history, some, some biblical facts to help you understand why we're talking about what we're talking about. So the Gospel of John, it was probably the last of the four written Gospels and written in a view of what the previous three had already said. This is one reason why John's account of the life of Jesus in many ways is different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, okay? There are significant events that John does not talk about in his account of the gospel. There are significant events that John leaves out. Number one, Jesus' birth. John does not talk about Jesus' birth. Number two, Jesus' baptism. Number three, the temptation that Jesus experienced in the wilderness. Jesus' teachings in parables John does not talk about. He does not talk about the Last Supper. He does not talk about the agony in Gethsemane. And John does not mention the ascension. Okay? Now, following me? The first three Gospels center on Jesus' ministry in Galilee. John centers his Gospel on what Jesus said and did in Jerusalem. John centers his Gospel on what Jesus said and did. This is all important, I promise you. Don't, don't fall asleep. This is, this is good. All right? Each of the Gospels emphasize a different origin of Jesus. Okay? Matthew shows Jesus came from Abraham through David and demonstrates that he is the Messiah promised in the Old Testament. You can read that in Matthew chapter 1. Mark shows that Jesus came from Nazareth, demonstrating that Jesus is a servant. You can read that in Mark chapter 1, verse 9. Luke shows, I mean, he goes way back. He talks about the whole entire genealogy of Jesus, saying that Jesus came from Adam, demonstrating that Jesus is the perfect man. I know we've heard in church the first Adam and the last Adam. Okay? John shows that Jesus came from heaven, 
demonstrating that Jesus is God. John shows that Jesus came from heaven and that Jesus is God. Why? Because he's using Jesus' own words. Everyone is talking from their perspective, what they saw, what they witnessed, what they seen, writing things down, going back to the, through the genealogy and the history of Jesus and who he's descended by and talking about the birth of John the Baptist and the one who prepares a way for the voice that cries out in the wilderness. John uses Jesus' own words. However, it is wrong. Somebody say it's wrong. It's wrong to think that the gospel of John completes the story of Jesus. John was simply writing in this way because he wants you and I to understand that this can never be completed. Jesus' story can never be completed. You already missed one point. Here we go. Some more biblical facts, biblical history, biblical understanding for you. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the what? Synoptic Gospels. The word synoptic means see together. And the first three Gospels present the life of Jesus in pretty much the same format, okay? The first three Gospels focus on more of what Jesus taught and did. John focused on who Jesus is. John focused on who Jesus is. This is important for us as a body of believers, because a lot of you know a lot of information, but you don't know who Jesus is. A lot of us, we've been in church for a very, very long time. I mean, I'm young, I'm 32, and I've been in church my whole life. I know a lot of stuff, but until you come to the realization of who Jesus is, you'll always know stuff and you won't know him. Okay? John is a gospel written for a specific purpose. John is a gospel written for a specific purpose. What is that purpose, Pastor Cam? That we might believe. John wrote that we might believe. A key verse for understanding the gospel of John is found at the end of the book. But these are written, this is John chapter 20, verse 30. We have it. John chapter 20. Here we go. But these, I have it on my screen, but it's not on this screen. Here we go. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. John is saying this. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But, but I'm writing so that you can believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. What is the point of knowing about Jesus and not having power with Jesus? What is the point of knowing about Jesus and you don't know Jesus? Y'all still with me? 
the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John has even helped scholarly skeptics to believe. The oldest surviving fragment of the New Testament is a portion of John 18. It was found in Egypt, dating well before A.D. 150, indicating a wide circulation by that early date. John doesn't even talk about himself in his own book. John doesn't talk about himself, but we, I'll give you a few things so you can have a little background history on John. You can read his bio. You can know that he's a powerful man of God. You ready? John's father was Zebedee. John's mother was Salome. One of those to go to the tomb early on the morning of the resurrection of Jesus. It's important that you know this stuff. John's brother was James. John was a partner in the fishing business with Peter. So John's life was dramatically changed when he came to know who Jesus was. John and his brother were given the nickname, anybody know it? The Sons of Thunder. Come on, y'all know. See, listen, Bishop, you've done a great job. The Sons of Thunder. One more point. The Gospel of John is a beloved gospel because it is a paradoxical combination of both simplicity and depth. It is both simple and profound. It is both deep and shallow enough for you to comprehend if you're a baby. They call it a pool in which a child may wade and an elephant may swim. One theologian writes this, its stories are so simple that even a child would love them, but its statements are so profound that no philosopher can fathom them. The book of John is so incredibly powerful that people have branched out and started their own religions. I won't go there yet. Let's go back to John chapter 1. Here we go. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The NIV did an update around 2011, and they changed it, and they said, and the darkness could not overcome it. And they did an update, but then they decided to cancel it because they still couldn't figure out what exactly John meant. But many biblical theologians believe that both interpretations of what they were trying to do with the new, uh, new International Version are both correct because the darkness can't comprehend the light, neither can the darkness overcome the light. 
I feel like preaching already. When you turn the lights on in a dark place, darkness is immediately dispelled. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. A city that's set on a hill. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does someone put light a candle and cover it up. That's dumb. You are the light. Then it goes on to say, so let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify who? Not you. Not give you glory. Not praise your name. Oh, man, you were so anointed. Man, them runs you hit. Man, you was preaching today, doc. Man, brother, them shoes you had. No, no, no. It's not to bring glory to your name. It's to bring glory to God's name. Light is so incredibly powerful. Even as I was just replaying this in my mind, I was talking to my wife in the car as I was listening to a scholar talk about this. Even if, if we say, yeah, but, you know, darkness, it can still get dark during the day. That is very true. The sun can be shining and then a mass of clouds can, can cause it to seem dark. But if you go beyond the clouds, <laughs> it's still light. If you go beyond the clouds, if you go above where the clouds are covering the sun, the sun did not go away because it was cloudy. The light is still there. Light cannot be overcome by darkness. Darkness cannot comprehend nor overcome the light. Why? Because his word stands forever. In the beginning refers to the timeless eternity of Genesis in Genesis 1, chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, let's go there. Let's go there. Y'all mind if we read Bible? We know we know it. Book, chapter, verse. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And uh, we're going to read, read some scripture here. The Bible says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God. The what? was doing what? And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So already here, we have identified two things. In the beginning, God created, and then the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, okay? Then God did what? Follow me. Verse 3. It says, then God said, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. I think we have two different translations. I'm reading from the New King James. You all may have King James. It's all right. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. Now, John 1, 1 says what? In the beginning was the Word. Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created. 
This refers to timeless eternity, or biblical scholars call it eternity past. What they're saying here is not that Jesus came in the creation of the world. Jesus was with God and the Spirit while they were creating. Jesus already was. He did not become because God decided he was going to start creating. How do we know this? Let's keep reading. Then God said, I'm skipping down verse 9. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw it and it was good. Verse 11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass. And the herb that yields seed, uh, yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. I'm skipping down again to verse 14. Then God said, here God is again speaking. It is the word of God. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Skipping down to verse 20. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. Verse 21. So God created great sea creatures and every and every living thing that moves, which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 22. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. Verse 23, it's about to get good. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. This literally just popped into my mind. You know what's interesting to me? You know, those of us, uh, those of you that grilled, uh, got on the grill and you had some baby back ribs and you threw down on Monday. Uh, it's interesting to me that these large cattle, these large animals, what do they eat? Grass. I mean, it, is just, it just blows my mind. As big creature as these things are and they're eating the grass. Well, they have to because God said that they would in the beginning. That's just a little side note. Okay. Uh, and God made the beasts of the earth according to his kind, cattle according to his kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 26. Then God said, let who? Who is us? Who is us? The Trinity was already in place. Let us make man in our image. Some people say, well, he could have been talking to the angels. No. That's not Bible. He said, let us make man in our, our image according to our likeness. Verse 26, let, then God said, let us make man in our image According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, the imago Dei. He created them male and female. We skip over this stuff now. Well, I don't know. Those of you that are educators, sometimes, I mean, parents now are saying, no, don't, we don't want these things because we want to let them choose. You want to let a child choose when God says, let's create them male and female. There's no pansexual. There's no fluidity. If that's the case, I'm a billion dollars. I identify as a billion dollars. It don't work like that. It's ridiculous. It don't work. It don't work. Somebody say it don't work like that. I might get canceled and called out for this. So be it. I work for God. I'm not trying to please you. I'm trying to please God. Okay. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So in the beginning, Jesus, along with the Holy Spirit and God, created. They created. Jesus stands forever. He created. John makes it clear that the word is not just the beginning, but is the beginning of the beginning. He was there in the beginning before anything was. Jesus was already there. In the beginning was the word. Word translates in the ancient Greek word logos. I have a Bible software, Bible program. It's called logos because it is what we use to study the word. Logos. The idea of logos had deep and rich roots in both Jewish and Greek thinking. This is why John, I mean, he's, he's masterful. They talked about it already. He's masterful in his wording and writing of this particular test, uh, text. Jewish rabbis often referred to God, especially in his more personal aspects, in the terms of his word. They spoke of God himself as the word of God. They wouldn't say God, they would say the word of God. For example, for example, ancient editions of the Old Testament changed Exodus 19:17 from Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God to Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet the word of God. This is how they thought. This is their interpretation. So in the mind of the ancient Jews, the phrase the word of God could be used to refer to God himself. Greek philosophers saw the Logos as the power that puts sense into the world, making the world orderly instead of chaotic. The Logos was the power that set the world in perfect order and kept it going in perfect order. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now we're about to get a little controversial. Maybe some of them have even come to your house and they almost got you. You didn't know what to say, so you, you hide. They saw them, all them lights on in your house. <laughs> they saw them lights on in your house. Don't be scared. This is going to help you. 
about to equip you. Y'all ready? The Watchtower. Somebody said the Watchtower. Also known as Jehovah's Witness. Witnesses. Jehovah's Witness Bible. It's called the New World Translation. They translate this line quite differently. The Jehovah's Witness translation reads like this. In the beginning, the word was, and the word was with God, and the word was a God. What? In the beginning, the word was, and the word was with God, and the word was a God. Lower, lowercase g, little g. Their translation is used to deny that Jesus is God. So some of y'all grandma, cousins, uncles that want you to come on down to the kingdom hall, try to convert you, they don't believe Jesus is God. When it's clear that the Bible says in the beginning was the word. What is the word? The Logos. Who is the word? Jesus. Because the Bible says it in John and it says it again in Genesis. Let us make man in our image. Let us. Jesus is the word. You cannot believe the word and not believe that Jesus is the word. Don't be bamboozled. Don't be hoodwinked. Don't be fooled. Don't be tricked. It is a trick of the enemy. Their translation is used to deny the teaching that Jesus is God, and it is wrong and is misleading translation. No biblical scholar has interpreted it the way that the Jehovah's Witness do. They don't. Check this off. As my dad would say, check this off. In defending their translation, they quote two individuals. They quote two individuals. One of them is Dr. Manti, and he has demanded that his name be removed from their book. He said, listen, I've misinterpreted that. Can y'all please take my name off y'all little Bible? Because that's not, no, I, <laughs> I got a different revelation. I'm going to need you to take my name off. That's not what I meant. Y'all are interpreting it the wrong way. Hundreds and hundreds of biblical scholars have read the, the original text and they interpreted that Jesus was God. Jesus is God. Jesus was not a God separate. The word was a God. No, Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. God is God. This is, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's a mystery at the same time. It'll, it'll make you scratch your head at night. And you'll just have to get a revelation. That's why John writes this so we can believe. Because when you believe, it takes all of the frustration out of your mind. Like, no, what? Yeah, no, that can't be right. I know, I know this is what they're saying. I know they're trying to get me to fall and debunk my, my theology. But, no, I, I've seen what Jesus can do. And, and, no, I, because something happens when I call on the name of Jesus. So he, he, he's got to be God. He's, he's got to be God. And when I had these bad dreams at night, I would just call on the name of Jesus. And immediately I was healed. I, it, was, it was just like the, the Gospels in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And, and immediately something began to shift in my life because Jesus has to be God. Jesus has to be God. At, at the mention of his name. 
Every knee will bow. Every tongue will proclaim. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Something happens when I call on the name of Jesus. The songwriter says there's something about the name Jesus. He stands forever. He stands forever. He stands forever. John uses Jesus' own words to portray to us who Jesus is. Let's go back to John. He says, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. When you get saved and you accept Jesus into your heart, he becomes a part of your life. That's why we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, so that he can come into our heart and come into our life and take over. Many people, uh, uh, man, there was a young lady that committed suicide and she said she felt like she had ants and, and beings crawling on her flesh consistently. This young lady did not have a revelation of who Jesus was. People in the comments, oh, I know, I know this one lady that can do this spell that because, and I'm like, no, 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 no. People need to understand who Jesus is. Because when you accept Jesus into your life, all of a sudden you understand what your purpose is. You understand that you have destiny. You understand that you have an anointing. You understand that you have a calling. You understand that you are here for a reason. You are not here by accident. Why? Because Jesus. People are dying because they don't know who Jesus is. Paul says, I write this on an account that you might believe. I'm telling you these things so you can understand who Jesus is. The word expels the darkness. It's very difficult to find blood-bought believers doing wicked things. You can get on the news right now. And there will be some kind of horrible news that someone died, that somebody was killed, that somebody was murdered, that there was some kind of fraud going on, that there's some kind of case, there's some kind of Supreme Court judgment that is about to come down because people that don't know Jesus are dark. They are wicked. They are in the darkness. But when you come into the knowledge of who Jesus is, you step into the light. And you understand that you are wholly other. There are things that you cannot become a part of. There are things that you cannot connect yourself with because God calls us to be holy, other, separate, different, set apart. I told you what the word manifest, reveal, it is to sift out. Jesus sifts the, the darkness and the evil out so he can reveal himself to us, so he can be made manifest in our hearts and in our lives. Some people look at you and they know that there's something different about you. They don't know what it is. You know it's Jesus. They don't have the words to describe what they experience when you step into the office. All of a sudden there's peace. Why? Because you brought Jesus with you. All of a sudden the meeting that was so chaotic is now all of, they're listening to the answers that you have. And they're looking at you like, what, what is going on with this person? You brought Jesus. 
because you know who he is. The word created all things that were created. Therefore, he himself is an uncreated being. Jesus is an uncreated being. As the Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians 1.16. Jesus stands forever. He was there in the beginning. He was a part of the creation process. And this is where John's wisdom to use Jesus' words to convey the gospel that we might believe comes into play. Watch what it says here in John chapter 17, verses 4 through 5. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. Verse 3. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Verse 4. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Verse 5. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Jesus was already alive. He did not just become alive. He was already alive. That's why he says he had glory before the world existed. He had glory with God before the world existed. Watch what it says here in John chapter 17, verse 24. Jesus, John's using Jesus' own words again. It's in red. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Jesus was already there. Jesus was already living. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, or verse 1 and 2. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. It's lining up. Scripture is always going to line up. Jesus was a part of the creation process. Jesus was there at the beginning. Now watch what Luke says here. This is my last, this is my last scripture. We're closing. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son 
and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom and of his kingdom there will be no end and he will reign over the house of Jacob for how long for how long and of his kingdom there will be no end Jesus stands forever his word stands forever God stands forever his spirit stands forever and we have to truly believe when we read these words when we read this book when we eat of this book that it has life it has life we told you before on Sunday that God's word does not come back to him void his word accomplishes what it reaches out and sets out to do. And the Bible says, and it will prosper. You've got to know that if God said it, he's going to do it. If God spoke it, it's going to happen. Just like he did in creation, God still does today. Whatever he speaks comes to pass. Whatever he speaks has to be made manifest or be revealed or be made visible. So if God spoke a word to you, whether you were in your prayer closet, whether you were sitting in church in a deep time of worship, whatever God says to you, you've got to know that you're going to stand on it because his word shall stand forever. The grass withers, the flower fades, but God's word will remain forever. He's a promise-keeping God. He's a covenant-keeping God. He is not a man that he should lie. Whatever he says, I believe. We just have to sit and wait until that word is made manifest. But while we're waiting, we must be obedient to his word so that we shall see his word come to pass. Amen? Amen. Please stand to your feet. Father, we just thank you right now, God, for, for your word. Father, we thank you for helping us to understand that you reign forever. You will reign forever. You shall reign forever. Your kingdom will have no end. You sit on the throne and you reign you sit on the throne and you rule. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding, ruling, reigning, doing only what you can do because you stand forever. Father, we believe, but help our unbelief. Father, we believe, but help our unbelief. Help us to rise to the faith levels that we need in order to see your word established in our hearts first, in our hearts first. And then help us to be good disciples and to raise other disciples so that we can see your word come to pass together with the kingdom. 
with the kingdom. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you're watching online and you say, hey, I don't, I don't necessarily know who Jesus is yet, but I want to know Jesus. I want to pray for you. Father, we just thank you for those that are watching online. Wherever they may be, God, I pray that you would meet them because you're omnipresent. You can go wherever you want to go. God, you rule and reign over the earth. You can go wherever you want to go. So, God, meet them. Come into their heart. Come into their lives as they accept you as Savior and Lord. God, help them to realize that they were sinners. But you decided to step in and be a sacrifice for them so that they might have eternal life. Like the word says, in you, we have the light. You give the light to men. Keep them, protect them. Father, help them to get in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church so that they can be surrounded with a community of believers that can help walk with them through this journey of being a believer and a kingdom citizen. It is my prayer that you would do it in Jesus' name. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.